Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Damned United podcast. I'm Bill Lumsden. And I'm Adam Jameson. And we'll start off in not similar fashion, but fashion that we've seen before in famous, or not so famous, number 22s that have donned the famous Leeds United shirt. Adam, any spring to mind? I'm hoping you're going to say one player that you, well, I wouldn't say you absolutely loved, but one player that you remember fondly that wore the 22 shirt for Leeds United. Mr Andy Hughes. Oh, get in. Right on the money. Right on the money. There he is. What a player. What a player. Similar similar hairline, some would say as well. Let's not go that far. (laughs) This is a PG podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I'm only jesting, I'm only jesting Nothing is as bad as uh, what Andy Hughes had on his head So, famous number 22, who else do we have? Jack Harrison? Yeah, maybe so. falling down the pecking order a bit So, so yeah, definitely as of late But two more I wanted to mention were Scott Wotton That's a nasty and one The one who we thought was going to tear it up in the white shirt Habib, Habibu Habib, Habibu. Never forget his debut. Oh, Borough away, wasn't it? Yeah. It could have been so different for Habib, Habibu. (laughs) It could have been, unfortunately not to be. And yeah, that's about it on that list, to be honest. We'll save save the listeners the uh, Habib, Habibu song. (laughs) Oh yeah, no one wants to see, no one wants to hear that. If they do, then we can (laughs) sing it next week. (laughs) So... Starting off with Rotherham then, Ads, I think it's fair to say you were a bit disgruntled on Friday night, weren't you, when we were speaking about it? Incredibly disgruntled. Those are the types of games you've got to be winning. You've got to be winning them to get out of this league. And I, I just feel that you don't get too many opportunities to pass up on, on games like that and the opportunity of three points, especially when you're, when you're part of the chasing pack. And you, you're trying to close that gap, which we did by a point in the end, but um, <laughs> we did. but it could have been yeah, we could have closed it by three points rather than one. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me, amongst other things, is just how you know that was the perfect game for us, Rotherham. We started brilliantly, six minutes, Somerville goal, and you know we were in, we looked relatively comfortable really, and. I think the biggest thing around that is, as you say, could have been five points instead. It's seven, so it's not all lost. But I always had an inkling that West Brom might drop, uh, Ipswich might drop points at West Brom on on Friday. So I think it was an important game to win for us. <clears throat> and you look at the, I think the three big ones certainly so far this season was a Stoke game, but then you look at Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, and you've got to think, how on earth have we not taken a full nine points from them? And in actual fact, we've come away with two points from those three games. So it's pretty poor. And don't get me wrong, you know, we pick apart certain results at, at the end of the season when it comes down to, to crunch time and whatnot. But each team has those kind of results throughout the season. And more often than not, it usually wears out and evens itself out across those. But yeah, incredibly frustrating not to miss out on, well, incredibly frustrating to miss out on three points and not close that gap. But Ipswich have a tough run across December. Obviously, we've got a couple of tough tough games and, and a fair few on the road during December, so we'll see how we get on. But 
you know, December's always a pivotal period and hopefully we can make the most of that busy fixture schedule and, and eat up some of the ground, even if it's to three or four point gap, then then hopefully we can do that. But the game itself, Ads, where, where do you think is best to start? I think, from my perspective, maybe the, the wastefulness. Yeah, we, we were, you know, I felt like we created enough to to win the game. And I always think with these international breaks, like when you come back, you know, had we had we have not had the international break and gone straight into that game, you know, would we have still been in our flow, in our rhythm and just gobbling up those chances and coming away with a comfortable win? Maybe. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. But, yeah, it was... Overall, I thought the performance was okay. You know, it, it, they, they never looked to trouble us, really. Um, their goal came out of... Well, I'd say it came out of nothing, but it came out of about six uh, errors in a row. So, yeah, we, we looked comfortable. We were the dominant team. And on another night, you'd imagine that, you know, we get that second goal in the first half and it ends up being a completely different second half but the way it went obviously conceding just before half time and yeah it can it can shape the game and it, it completely changed the the feeling in the second half and I don't think we ever really got going properly in in the second half and then you know having said all of that we end up getting a goal right at the end right at the death and it gets disallowed for Bamford being what a a foot offside, and you know he wasn't he didn't he didn't really I know he was technically by the rule book he was involved in that that attack, but he wasn't really involved, was he? And that ends up being the decider, and and, and meaning that he was offside. The goal got disallowed, so yeah, it's just a frustrating frustrating evening, and. But even with all that, I think we've got to be positive and think, well, we've we've come away. We've narrowed the gap by one point. We've got Ipswich coming up next month. So we'll see. What did you think? Yeah, that game's <clears throat> set to be a bit of a cracker on the 23rd of December. I think it is 12.30 kickoff. I think most of our games are 12.30 kickoffs on in December, which is barrel laughs. But yeah. I can't say too much, mate, to be honest. I uh, think I was concussed after the uh, the sixth minute and uh, celebrating the Sensio Somerville goal. <laughs> Tried getting in behind the stairs and ended up eight flights of stairs down. So, <clears throat> not the best. And it, I'd genuinely say Rotherham is like the Mestia. It is that steep. Don't hold a lot of fans, but when you're, when you're up there and you're like, you, I don't really want to be going down there. But anyway... It ended up becoming a bit of a crowd surfing moment, which wasn't the best. Um, but no, anyway, it was, yeah, just the wastefulness, as I said. Seven shots on goal in total. Only one on target, which was some of those goal in the sixth minute. And still we created an XG of 2.08. So, <clears throat> again, it's showing, it's showing that we created enough, just not being clinical enough to win the game, which is frustrating. And, you know, we limited Rotherham to 0.65 XG, so... Again, not to harp on about that. Expected goals for those that aren't aware, probably Lynn Lumsden. But anywho, um, that shows that we should have probably deserved to win the game on paper. And I think we did, as, as you touched on right, rightfully so. Should have been two or three goals up by half-time. And instead, we've gone in with a sucker punch right at the break from our own doing, really. So, 
yeah, I think that was the most frustrating aspect of the game for me and something that we've mentioned in the probably in the past three or four podcasts in terms of having the steel to go on and, and kill teams off really when we're in the ascendancy and, and really put the game to bed. So that's the annoying aspect and I think we're going to probably keep mentioning it a few times throughout the season as well. But yeah, disappointing not to get all three points, but a point, you know, still gained, I guess, as you put it. Yeah, what what did you think of individual player performances? It's hard to say, to be honest. I thought Somerville, <clears throat> Somerville was good, but yeah. of course, had his contribution to the goal as well. So, and to be honest, mate, I'm, I'm struggling to pick out just who really pleased me on the yeah. night. It was like a fair few average performances and nothing to massively write home about. Yeah, Jorginho had a quiet game and you know, there was a bit of talk earlier in the week that he might not be fit, and then he was there on the day and he he started, and it it he just didn't look his usual his usual self. We didn't we didn't see that kind of um, creativity and flair that we've no. we've come to expect with him. Um, you know, and he's not he's not going to have outstanding performances week in week out. But yeah, you feel that if if We'd have just had that little bit of magic. That'd have been more than enough to see us over the line on Friday night. Yeah, I think so. They're a, they're a pretty poor side in all fairness. Yeah. But again, <laughs> you've got to beat these sides that are put in front of you. So, and we've failed to do that with alongside the other couple of teams that we that we mentioned before as well. But anyway, moving on swiftly, we do have a listener question. Mm-hmm. First, we'll be, we'll do these two. Uh, together before we move on to Swansea but first one is from Brosnan the loyal listener and that is similar to kind of what we've already alluded to but why are we so inconsistent was his question it's, it's a brilliant question I get another another cracker from Brosnan um, yeah why are we so inconsistent it's it's difficult to put your finger on isn't it I think there's 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 a few areas in the pitch where you, you know, in an ideal world, you, you're getting different kind of outcomes. Starting at the front, you know, another we've 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 talked a lot about the Perot-Rutter debate and who should be playing up top, who should be dropping a bit deeper, and yeah, I, I don't know whether that's got something to something to play in it in, in terms of Perot, whether. It, whether he might be more of a a goal scoring threat if he was playing a bit higher up the pitch. Um, for me, Dan James didn't do much on Friday night either. Uh, but again, he's he's been brilliant for us most of the season. So we, you know, you can't really dig him out too much. Some of all was good. Um, defensively, it, it just that that frust- really that goal really frustrated me on on Friday night because there were so many opportunities to cut it out I think in the first instance Cooper turning like a HGV and letting his <laughs> man get away from him um, and I think we we know we know that we know that about Cooper um, you know this season's he's not going to be we're not going to see the Cooper of the BL's winning season he's a bit older now he was never the quickest anyway and I think it there were there were certain aspects of the defensive performance that I wasn't too pleased with. Furpo, 
you know, is he ever going to play well? Is is that is that ever going to happen? I, well, I don't know. This is this is the next topic which we will mention, <clears throat> but just before we do, I'll weigh in on this as well in terms of the inconsistencies because I do feel like we are as a team very inconsistent. However. It's almost like two steps forward, one step back for me. So I don't think it's like the be-all and end-all. And, you know, we've started this, po- started this podcast off pretty negatively. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've gained a point on Ipswich this season. We're seven this season at the weekend, seven points off them as it stands. And we're in third place in the championship. You know, yeah. Granted, it might not be the best championship that we've seen. But, you know, we are putting... We've just gone on a run before the international break of six wins from seven, so playing some very good teams within that period as well. And yeah, don't get me wrong, <clears throat> we were pretty poor against Rotherham, but we still should have done enough to win the game as well. So I think the overall performances, I think, is probably what Brosnan's getting at, and I think that's just the perhaps the the only thing that's niggling at me a bit is just like again co- lack of complete performances. You know, yeah. I've said before, three or four, I can really touch touch on the whole 90 minutes of course I just feel we didn't need that to win the game but that's I think the most probably worrying aspect of it for me and it'll be interesting to see again we'll mention this on when we move on to Swansea but you know we've got a pretty much full squad now full fit fully fit squad with, with Spence coming into the fray as well so be interesting to see kind of how that shapes things up and, and hopefully we can start building on some of the momentum that we built before the international break yeah and yeah. For, for me as well, I still I still think we're we're lacking that that number ten. I know I know Ruth is playing brilliant, and I, I still think we're 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 lacking a a real um, authentic number ten player just to unlock defenses. I, I know Ruth is playing brilliant. He's been very creative. He's got the highest expected assists, hasn't he, in the league? But they're almost he almost does stuff that he shouldn't be doing. If that makes sense, like he shouldn't be picking out some of them passes. They're not they're, they're ridiculous opportunities that he's creating. Whereas, yeah. I think the the person I'm thinking of is is Pablo. You know, if you if you put a Pablo in the team and you have a more authentic number ten, a more traditional number ten, yeah, would would that you know? Unlock something else with this team, and and maybe um, link us up a little bit better. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. To be honest, it's it's good that we've got options coming back in. Certainly in the attacking areas, Nanto, Bamford's still there. But yeah, I think hopefully we'll go after one in in January. I'd like to think, but as Farker has said that he's not going to address anymore in his press conferences. You know that's that's what he wants, and you know this is why he's done what he's done with Perot and Rutter, and that's the way that he's going to play him for the foreseeable. So, unless anything changes or any injuries come to come to light, then it looks like we're pretty much set in that <clears throat> scenario mm-hmm. as well. And that's the thing as well, the inconsistencies. Like we've we've been pretty like consistent with the teams that we've been fielding as well, which is yeah. you know can sometimes lead to frailties or certain inconsistencies within your team but we've been fielding the same yeah. nine players every time which you know we we were both very complimentary of and, and pleased about throughout the season yeah. so far so it's, it's strange that we're still seeing certain issues with the side as well yeah and, and just on that I, I thought we missed Byram on 
on Friday night for sure. Um, I think he's been one of our in a in a team where there has been some inconsistency. I think Byron's been a very consistent performer. Yeah, you'd like to think as well, given the fact that I think Stuart Dallas is the only player missing hypothetically with you know Jed Spence in inverted commas. I would like to see him come straight back into the side for the Swans again, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he's, I think he's got to come back in. But, again, we'll mention that shortly. On Furpo, which is, uh, again, you had a bit of a pop at him then. And so is one of our other listeners, Cam. If you're listening, shout out to you. Probably not listening, so I'll try and do you justice anyway. Why do people think Furpo is the answer? considering he's only rated for giving us a couple of six and a half out of tens instead of fours. Can't remember ever coming out of a game praising him. I think people are expecting him to be better this season because we've we've dropped down a level. But actually, when I think about him, and I think about what I've seen of him over the last two seasons, he just doesn't do the basics of football right for me so I don't care what level it is even if you drop down a level from Premier League to Championship if you don't do the basics as a fullback properly then you, you know you could drop down to the conference and I'm not sure he'd, he'd look any better <laughs> that's think, me putting it nicely that's me putting it nicely I think he got a bit of praise when we were going through that bit of a horrid time I think it was the back end of last year, wasn't it, when he'd just come back from injury, if I remember correctly, and he'd put in a few, a string of a few decent performances in an otherwise horrendous, dejected, defeated team, yeah, which is I think, where he probably earned his praise. But I, I think I know what you're going to say is that you could have probably stood out in that team. I, c- I could have stood out anywhere in the pitch on that team because <laughs> no, no one was doing anything that they needed to. <laughs> Yeah, very fair, very fair. But yeah, I think that was, you know, it was filled with uh, optimism, I think, his his return, and it's yet to uh, really really come true in terms of his performances, and and certainly I don't even think he's going to get a consistent string of performances to be able to do that. You know, we said the Byron versus Furpo battle. We didn't put that out last week, so given the fact that the news has come to to light on Real Betis pushing for a deal for Junior Furpo. We'll make sure that we, we, we get that out this time um, tonight ahead of tomorrow. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think we've both had our say on, on Furpo. Anything else you want to add before we move on to Swansea? Yeah, if, if Real Betis are being serious, then we can, we can give him a lift. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah. We'll, arrange, we'll arrange a flight from Leeds. Get Mark Rocker to come pick him up. So. Yeah, it's just, I just, I'm, it's frustrating because for me, you'd be, you know, being injured all season so far this season, watching on, you know, you've had plenty of time to watch and, and see what's expected. And, yeah. you know, you're coming back into a team that's doing well and playing well. Things are positive. It's a different environment. You're sure you'd be, you'd be absolutely chomping at the bit to come in and, and put in a good performance. And I know it's only one game, but. And it, it does take a bit of time to get match fit. But, you know, I'd just like to have seen someone that shows a bit of passion and desire and looks like they really want to be there, even if the performance doesn't match up. 
Yeah. Very, very Murray Lumsden textbook, that last sentence there. So, well played. Um, moving on, then, to Swansea. Travelling over from Wales for the game at Ellen Road on Wednesday. I think, I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, Ads, but a favourite of yours on FIFA, Yannick Balassi, 34-year-old trickster, has just recently signed for Swansea on Monday. And, you know, this always seems to happen, as they say. Leeds United meet Yannick Balassi. He's got a hat trick or a standout performance for Balassi written all over it. Yeah, he's, he's got some championship heritage written all over it, hasn't it? Um, John yeah. Nikola Zigic-esque. Yeah. I hope not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's just one of them little added things. I mean, if he's only just signed, is he is he likely to start? I'm not sure. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's jet-lagged from wherever he's travelled in from. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a game where, you know, Ellen Road, under the floodlights, we've just got to be pushing on and, and, and trying to get three points. I think we've been we've been good at home at times, not not that glamorous. Obviously the Huddersfield-Watford game stand out as performances where we've we've really put our foot on the gas in terms of our home performances. But yeah, there's there's been some other results that we've just churned out wins and I think tomorrow I, I expect it to be one of those where we maybe churn out another win and just, you know, turn up, get the job done. Yeah, I hope I hope you are right on that because I feel like we do need to bounce back. I was listening to Farkin in an interview on Sky Sports today and he was saying <clears throat> he doesn't want anyone, he's not going to let anyone invade his, his lounge as a... Uh, a reference or a metaphor to Ellen Road being a fortress this year. We've got the best home record in the championship, would you believe? Yeah. Haven't lost there this season, which, yeah, again, I, I didn't believe when I'd heard it, to be honest. So hopefully we can maintain that momentum. Um, had some decent performances at Ellen Road, had some not so decent performances, but still got over the line. Take happily either one of those tomorrow um, just to get three points and keep pushing on. Swansea, on the other hand, they're in <clears throat> desperate need of an upturn in form. They'd won four on the spin before they'd just gone on a recent run of one winning six. So they were in and around the playoffs for context. They're now in 17th position. So it's again, how quickly things can change in the championship. We saw it with Borough earlier on this season. But yeah, Swansea, not the best of form coming to Ellen Road. So again, a game that we should hopefully be looking to win and win handsomely on paper. One winning six, as I mentioned 23 goals for, 24 against, so pretty consistent in terms of how they're scoring and conceding goals as well. So, again, hopefully can get over the line. Jerry Yates, the former Blackpool man, uh, alongside Jamal Lowe as well. So they're two probably attacking players to, to keep an eye on. Jerry Yates scored 14 goals last year for Blackpool in the Championship when they went down. So Swansea made the move for him this season. He's already got five goals this year. And Jamal Lowe has scored four of those goals as well. So nine goals between them of Swansea's 23. And then the other notable players, Jamie Patterson, Harrison Ashby, who's on loan from Newcastle. Again, he's a decent little prospect at right back. And then Matt Grimes, former Leeds player as well. Mr. Matt Grimes, found out he's getting on. <laughs> well, to be honest, he's, I think he got significantly better after he left us. Which Is he, I mean, is he their skipper? Am I right in saying he's their did. skipper as well? I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, and, and, and yeah. still is. So, Yeah, some decent players and, again, <clears throat> something to keep an eye on because I'm hoping 
Pascal is fit enough to come back and start tomorrow because I feel like he needs to partner Joe Rodon at the back and hopefully bring Byron in as well. I'm basically doing my 11 already, but you can see what way I'm going with it. So, yeah. you know, they are, they're a decent side, Swansea. You know, they're not to be taken lightly and they've got some very good players, and certainly in those attacking areas. So I do think, again, the defence is something that we've, we've got to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. If obviously, strike came on Friday night, and hopefully he's fit enough to start. But my my question for you is why why is Cresswell not getting a look in at centre half when either Rodon or or striker injured? Because for me, I can't I can't visualise him making the same mistakes that I feel Cooper. You know, there's been a couple of instances, a couple of goals we conceded this year, and. I think about where you could have prevented them and and I feel like the buck has stopped with Cooper a couple of times, a few times, and I just wonder what, what Creswell has got to do to get a look in. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I don't see why <clears throat> he hasn't been given an opportunity yet to to play. It's, it's a baffling one, but again, you've seen it with, with previous managers as well. He was on loan at Millwall last season and you know, I, I don't you know whatever certain managers have seen in him. Fark's potentially seen the same in him as well. The fact that he's not quite ready to be thrown in there alongside Rodon. I feel like he'd benefit brilliantly alongside Rodon. I think we put it to to listeners earlier on in the season, which defensive partner you'd have at the back or which defensive partnership. And I think he came out pretty much on top or certainly in the top two as well. So Leeds fans were certainly similar to us. I think quite optimistic in terms of his chances of playing regular first-team football this season. And it does worry me to an extent as well, because how long is it going to be until, you know, January just around the corner, he says, yeah, do you know what, I need to go out and make another move to, you know, if it's a lower-end championship side or even Millwall again or, or someone like that, for example, to get the first-team football that he needs and, and probably deserves, to be honest, given his performances at Millwall last season. Of course, they nearly got the playoffs, let's not forget. Yeah, I wonder whether it's his kind of... Whether it's his ability to concentrate and his ability on the ball, um, you think about the centre back in in this system, in fact system, they are expected to be involved in the build up play a lot. You know, there, there's a lot of passing about at the back, and you've got to be you've got to be switched on. Every pass needs to get to its intended man, and you, you've got to be very switched on and. Um, we are kind of liable to the counter-attack as well. Um, you basically so yeah, just, well. You're basically just calling him a kick, tackle and head player then, aren't you? Yeah, I think I think that's where his, that's where his strengths appear to lie. And um, yeah, I, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm proposing is that maybe it's his footballing ability on, on the ball um, that, that is preventing him from getting the team and maybe his concentration a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Because in, in terms of his... His, his, physical, his physical defending ability, you, you can't, I, don't, I can't I don't see think, how there's any concern on that. No, point. I don't think you can question that at all, which, <clears throat> again, though, it's, it's that age-old battle of, you know, if you're wanting two ball playing centre-ass, because you've got Rodon that does the perfect job of that, and I think he's, yeah. he's all around balance, physicality levels, winning headers, winning the ball, tackling hard, but also playing the ball and playing it superbly, getting in those positions to get back on it and play and attack, drive forward with the ball, you know, it could make yeah. for a nice yeah. balance, but again, it's one for us to explore and keep an eye on for sure. I just, 
I really hope that he doesn't go out on loan again because I, I quite like him as a, as a player and certainly someone to have an in and around the squad as well. So, yeah, we'll see on that. Yeah, and if he does go out on loan, it begs the question, you know, we've not got that many centre-backs. No, oh, I don't. I don't want to... I do not want to be having this conversation January 31st where we haven't signed a centre-half and we've ended up losing two or something daft like and that. We've, and, we've, yeah. and we've recalled... We've recalled uh, Rasmus Christensen, and we're now playing him as a centre half. Well, he needs to be careful because he's in uh, Harrogate Magistrates soon. I think. Uh, I've heard. Why doesn't Why doesn't it surprise me that Brendan Aronson can't drive a car? <laughs> that might be. Uh, to be fair, he might get his first three points in a while. <laughs> well, but yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm oh, I'm picturing people just rolling their eyes at me right now. <laughs> I'll move on. Um, he sounds like 11. he's in a bit more. He sounds like he's in a bit more hot water than three points. To be fair. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Predicted eleven. Then I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to see where this is going. I'm hoping we'll land on the same teams. But what are you thinking? If Byron's is Byron fit, um, I'm told. I'm expected yeah. to be fit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'd go with. Millier in net, um, Byram, Strike, Rodon, and Jed Spence is fit apparently. Yeah, he is. Let me just have a look. I'm just trying to see what. what I wonder whether he comes back in or whether he just. What? What? No, I'll stick with Gray for now. Um, I can't imagine he's going to make two. Yeah, this is what Clark said earlier, and it's a bit cryptic and leads all over. tweeted something out saying the only issue is Stuart Dallas but Fark said this no question marks everyone is available apart from long-term injuries I'm guessing that's Dallas Jorginho is back to 100% so hopefully he'll be in same with Liam not so great but it's been beneficial for Pascal Jed Joffe and Jamie to have four or five more days so okay yeah, I mean, reading about what you will, I don't know whether he'll chuck Spence straight into the mix, especially no. given Archie Gray's last couple of games. So I think we might agree on the same back four of Gray, Strike, Rodon and Byron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Spence will feature in the second half. Yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be nice for him to come back into the fray, that's for sure. I'm sure he'd get a great reception off the yeah. Allen Road. Careful. Um, Cameron Gray. Uh, Cameron Gray. Cameron and... Ampadu. Ampadu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think those two... No need to change it, is there? They're doing, doing what they need to. Um, and then up top, I'd imagine it'll be the same again. Yeah, um, I think... I don't think he'll change it. Anthony, again... That, yeah, I, I don't. I, I just, it's Anthony or James, I think, for me, which I think we'll probably say for a while. But given James so far this season, I don't think he'd change it. I think he's just got to keep playing those four together and hoping that you know it'll keep clicking for them, which it has yeah. done on most of the occasions this year. Yeah, and if we get a couple of games in a row where it doesn't, I think that's when we'll he'll maybe change it. But I think he'll be looking at it thinking Friday night's performances in terms of creativity, was was almost good enough. Um, yeah, I mean, they should have they should have took they should have took the chances to be honest. Yeah, 
yeah. perhaps didn't create as, as much as they'd like or as much as we have done previously. But again, should have created more than enough to to uh, to score three or four goals. So, mm-hmm. go on. Is he not? You're not putting Bamford in? No. No, absolutely not. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. That time is going to come soon. I'm telling you, it is going to come soon. He will start. I said it before the international break and then didn't realise that we only had one podcast before it. But I think he will start a game before, I'm going to say, in our next five games, he will start up front. And that is obviously, caveat and no injuries, that's a bit of a cop-out. But I think if all the players and attacking players are fit, I think he'll start up front in the next five games. Well, we'll see. Um, I'm I'm still not sure on Perot, you know. I'm really not sure. Well, I think... Because I was going to ask you, this was going to be my next question, is he, hopefully it might play into our hands, you know, is he going to come back and haunt his old side? Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. But I think we've said it on the podcast before, if the ball comes to a player in the last minute and it's the tapping, I know I, I know who I want it to fall to, and it's, <laughs> it's not Patrick Bamford. <laughs> I know you said that. Oh, so I just thought... You know, you said... I just want him to play up front. Yeah, I just, I just think they, you know, they, they're both strikers. One of them scores goals, one of them doesn't. So it's, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how Patrick Manford gets a start. I don't, I don't understand. Now, mark these words: He will start in the next five games for us. He definitely well, mark, will. Mark these words. Mark, mark these words. He won't score. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just yeah, I I just don't think we've seen the best of Perot. Whether that's on him or whether that's on Fark, I, I couldn't tell you. But I, I certainly don't think we've seen the Joel Perot that scored, you know, well over eighty goals in two championship seasons. So yeah, I'd agree. There's still more to come for, from him. Eighty goals? What the hell am I on about? 40, 40, 40. Well over forty yeah. goals. I mean, I wish he'd scored well over eighty, 80 goals in the last championship season. But yeah, eighty well, appearances. Eighty appearances. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. There's still more to come from him, and it'd be nice to see him get a couple of goals. And you know, like like he did at um, Millwall away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see because you know he's been scoring goals, but he's not been too involved in kind of goal action it'd be nice to see him feature heavily in a game and you know come away with a man of the match or something and, and really really take a game by the scruff of the neck and yeah. and get us yeah, over the line in a game I agree with you so last but not least then score predictions it's currently yourself 9 myself 15 so not too insurmountable it's a bit of work to do, though. There is a bit of work to do, but hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You've still got 29 games to predict, ads. Yes. Um, this, this is only game number 18. There's plenty of points up for grabs. But you might have to start going with your with your heart over your head and, and going with negative Jamer, as you as you have done in the past. Yeah, well, I, I should have done that last week. Um, I'd gotten very carried away without football over the international break. You get you guessed Rotherham would score at least. Yeah. Although true. we both went with a free goal free goal win, which we were miles off. But yeah, what are you thinking in this? I'm I'll go first. I think again it's gonna be a gritty, gritty win. I think either one or two nil, but I'm going to go with 
1-0 again, I think. I'm going to go with 2-1. Okay. So I think I think they've got some tricky attackers and yeah. don't think it necessarily takes too much to breach our defence. <laughs> it doesn't. It's a damn sight different to kind of what we saw earlier on this season with that clean sheet haul that we were, we were racking up the consecutive thing. It was four on the spin. Um, okay, brilliant. So 2-1 yourself, 1-0 for me. We'll add that to the tally and see how we get on tomorrow. And then we'll be back, I'm guessing, Thursday, previewing Saturday's game against Borough, which is set to be a cracker. And Fantastic. I'm sure, you'll, sure you'll get a chance to do your, your accent again that everyone seems to love. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save Real. that. We'll save yeah. that for uh, Thursday. <laughs> Real. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Please keep hitting us with your questions. We will try to answer as, as many of them as, as as we can. We appreciate you all getting in touch, listening as ever, and, and feeding. please genuinely feedback if you feel like we can include anything else that you want us to. So, I've been Billy Lumsden. I've been Adam Jameson. And this has been the Damned United Podcast. Adios.